I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. But on the third day, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Have you heard these words before? They are a summary of Christian faith called the Apostles' Creed. It gets its name because, legend has it, the twelve apostles gathered around one day to discuss their, their basic message. You know, what, what do we believe? What are we teaching? And according to legend, Peter spoke first, as he often did, saying, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And then Andrew responded, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And then James chimed in and said he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. And then John says he suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, died, and was buried. And on and on it goes until all 12 apostles had spoken, each one contributing a line. In fact, there's this little medieval comic strip um, that is, is, is very interesting. It's from the 13th century, and it actually depicts this idea, this interaction, uh, supposedly. I mean, just take a look at it there. It's written in Latin, but I mean, isn't that fun? It's a sort of medieval comic, right? A medieval church comic. And so this is almost certainly legendary, not history, all right? Uh, most likely, the, the truth is that this summary called the Apostles' Creed came about shortly after the life and ministry of the apostles, sometime in the second or early third century. And it was this basic summary of their teachings, kind of like a Cliff's Notes or Spark Notes to all that the apostles had said and taught. And in many ways, a summary of, of really the whole story of Scripture. You see, this supposed apostles' gathering is legend, but there is a historic record from the early third century that, that is very compelling. Early in the morning, on Easter Sunday, uh, early third century, uh, new believers would have been gathered together, and they would make this procession down to the nearest water source. 
And each one would take their place in the water. And a church leader would come to be there with them and would ask them three questions. First, they would be asked, do you believe in God, the Father Almighty? And they would respond, I believe. And then they would be baptized, immersed in the water. And then again, they would be asked the question, do you believe in Christ Jesus, the Son of God, our Lord? And they would respond again, I believe. And they would once more be plunged under the water and brought back up. And then a third time, they would be asked a question, do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, and the resurrection of the body? And once more, they would answer, I believe. And they would be baptized a third and final time. And it's in this way that the early church sought to fulfill Jesus' great commission to make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so this would take place early in the morning on Easter. And the 40 days before Easter, known as the season of Lent, was a time of preparation specifically for this moment. During Lent, the church would be instructed in all of these basics of faith. The Father Almighty, Jesus Christ, His Son, the Holy Spirit, the church, the life everlasting. It was a season of preparation for new believers. And it was a season of renewal for all believers, to commit and recommit themselves to the faith. And then on Easter, new believers would be baptized, just like we heard, and all the believers would celebrate the good news of the resurrection, the resurrected life of Christ, and their new life in Christ. And some of you may know this, but Easter itself is not just a day. Easter is also a whole season, 50 days, 50 days of celebrating and reflecting on the power of the resurrection. You know, you've got Lent, which is a season of preparation for 40 days. But if preparation is good, the celebration is better. And so it's 50 days, seven whole weeks of celebration and these seasons were just the practical ways that early Christians began modeling their lives after the life of Jesus, actually shaping their calendar around the life of Jesus. And here we are, this week, the first Sunday of Lent. And we've got our traditional scene behind us. You know, we've, we've got the garden the cross, the tomb, all those key parts of the story leading up to Easter. And for us, during this season, I want to join with those early Christians in reflecting on the basics of our faith. 
Not only the 40 days of Lent, but also the 50 days of Easter. So for the next 90 days, we are going to spend some time considering these basics as they are summarized in the Apostles' Creed. Now, before we jump in, I want to say one more thing. Because some of you might be wondering, well, what's all this stuff about creeds, right? Why are we talking about all of this? And, you know, it's been popular, especially in churches of Christ, to say things like, no creed but Christ. No book but the Bible. Or you may have heard, we speak where the Bible speaks, but, but we're silent where the Bible is silent, right? So why, why talk about all this creed stuff? And maybe you heard, uh, you've heard some of these sentiments before, and I totally get them, right? We should not devote ourselves to various creeds, but only be devoted to Jesus Christ. And similarly, yes, we, we should study Scripture and, and submit ourselves to the Word of God. These are good things. These are essential things. But I want to ask you a question. What do you say to someone when they ask you, what do you believe? What do you actually say? Do you just say, Jesus, I believe in Christ, and that's it? Right? Well, what, what do you believe about Jesus? Right? Who is he? Why do you follow him? Right? At some point, we have to say more than just that. And, and, or, or maybe, you know, someone asks, what do you believe? And, and you just grab your Bible and say this, I believe this. Oh, and yes, we, we do believe this, but does a person have to read through all the ceremonies of Leviticus and all the histories of Kings and Chronicles in order to know what it is that, that we believe? You see, the creed is not meant to replace the Bible. No, it's meant to be a sort of elevator speech for the Bible. It's a summary of its basic teachings. I mean, I'll be honest, I, I love literature. I'm a literature guy. I love poetry and, and all that kind of stuff. But back in high school, I never would have gotten into Shakespeare if it weren't for a little bit of help from Sparknotes, right? I mean, Sparknotes helped me to kind of get what in the world is he saying, what's going on with this poetry. But man, once I saw it, it was beautiful, and incredible, and, and I loved entering into that story. And that's what the Apostles' Creed can do for our faith. It's meant to lead us into a deeper engagement of faith and give us practical ways of sharing our faith with others. And so, I'll say it again, for the next 90 days, we're going to consider these basic truths of our faith. Each week, we're going to consider a different line from the Apostles' Creed, and we are going to dig into Scripture together. And not just on Sundays, uh, we're actually going to be reading Scripture together throughout the week as well. I'll talk more about that later. But my hope is that this time, this season, would be one for us to renew and deepen our faith. And also, to look for opportunities to share this faith with others, to sort of practice this elevator speech. And so this week, we're going to consider the first two words 
of the Apostles' Creed. I believe. I believe. And in order to do that, I want to look at a passage from 1 John. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, we're going to pick it up in verse 18. 1 John 3, 18. Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this, we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God, and we receive from him whatever we ask, because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit that he has given to us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. O Lord, we thank you for the gift of your scriptures, for the gift of faith. God, I pray that as we consider the words of your scripture today, that you would sharpen our minds and soften our hearts, that we might know you and love you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I believe. I believe. What does it mean to believe? You know, I think our culture has made this word into far too much of a cognitive or intellectual thing. Right? We live in a classroom culture where belief is ultimately about learning and information. Belief has become cold and, and calculated. But this could not be further from the original meaning of the word. According to an etymological dictionary, the English word believe actually stems from the very same root as the word beloved. You see, belief is not cold and distant, but warm and personal. Belief is not primarily about learning, but about loving. And more than that, it's about living. I mean, isn't that where the passage that we just read started? In verse 18, little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. You see, belief is not just about information for the mind, but rather about the formation of character. And learning is part of that. Learning is part of that, but only part. See, believing shapes 
the way that we live. And this understanding of the word believe is much closer to the Greek word that we see in our passage here. And also throughout the New Testament, verse 23 says, This is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ. You see, the Greek word translated believe here is the word pistuo. Pistuo. And, and the root of this word appears all over the place in the New Testament and, and is variously translated believe, faith, faithful, faithfulness. Also could be translated trust, trustworthy, trustworthiness, right? This word is not just about information. It's about relationship. To believe is to trust. To believe is to trust, not just to know about, but to really know deeply and personally. And you see, trust actually runs through everything that we do. A baby cries because it trusts that its parents will respond and offer care. A bride and a groom exchange vows on their wedding day, not as a cold and calculated act, but as one of love and trust. And I know that some who are listening right now have experienced the broke, brokenness of that kind of trust, and, and it truly is heartbreaking. You go to your job every day because you trust that your employer will pay you, right? It's, it's based on trust. Or you lay down in your bed every night because you trust that your bed will hold you as you sleep. And you trust that your house is a safe and secure place to rest. Now, there are ways that we guard against mistrust, right? We put locks on doors. We use passwords for our internet accounts. But ultimately, in order to live, we have to trust. To live without trust is to be in a constant state of paranoia or fear. Conditions like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, are essentially a breakdown of trust, precisely because a very real harm has occurred to break that trust. And so it's living in this constant state of fear and anxiety. And the human psyche just can't handle that for very long. I mean, at some point, we have to live in trust in order to be healthy. In order to really live, we have to trust. And trust involves action, right? Belief is not just about having a recipe and all the ingredients. Belief is about sitting around the table and sharing a meal Right? I mean, that's why we gather each week around the table of the Lord. Right? We, we gather here because it's not just about having the right ingredients and, and the right recipe. It's about sharing a meal together. 
Some other images, right? Belief is not just knowing that there's a chair. It's actually sitting down in the chair, right? Trusting that the chair will hold you. Belief is not just knowing the plays of a football game. It's being on the field and actually playing them. Belief is not just looking at dots and lines on a page, but turning them into music as we sing. Faith is not just a blueprint drawing. It's the actual house, right? And neither is faith just an insurance policy to to get once and, and forget about until some disastrous day comes. No, Faith is the actual day-to-day living that actually transforms a house into a home. This is what our faith is about. It's about living with trust. Living with trust. I believe, right? And and really, this is what the whole of Scripture is all about. I, I love how John sums it up in the passage we've just read. He says, this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. You see, God's commandments are ultimately about believing, ultimately about trusting And this is true throughout all of Scripture. You know, I mean, you can flip through this entire book. You can go through the whole Bible, and there is never a place that is just straight-up commandments. Never. They are always embedded somewhere in a narrative. They're always in a story. Neither, if you look through the Bible, is there ever just a list of intellectual ideas that we ought to believe or understand, right? Now, there are commandments in here. There there are really important ideas in here. But like I said, they are always in the context of a narrative. They're always unfolding as a story. I mean, all of the many commands that we read in the Old Testament unfold in the narrative of Israel's deliverance from Egypt and journey through the wilderness on into their land of of promise. All of Jesus' teachings are embedded within the stories of the Gospels. And even Paul's teachings, right? The letters, even Paul's teachings, which maybe are the closest thing we find in Scripture to kind of abstract theology, even those are written as specific letters to specific communities for specific reasons, all written out of loving pastoral concern, written because of relationship. You see, the Bible is not a book of rules or abstract ideas. It is a story about the creation of the world, the call of God's people, and the coming of God's kingdom. And here's the the best part. This story is still being told. This story is still unfolding right now. To believe 
is not just to study a textbook and ace a test. It is to live in the ongoing story of God. And that really is the point of belief. Christianity is not ultimately even about what we believe, but rather who we believe. Right? The creed begins, I believe in God. I believe in God. Right? If believing is about trust, well then we are a people who trust God. Christian belief is about trusting God. Not just believing abstract ideas, but living in trusting relationship with God. And that's what our passage that we've read today goes on to say. In verse 24, it says, All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. You see, belief is about abiding in God. And it's about God abiding in us, right? It's, it's not just the blueprints for the house, it's the house itself and living, abiding in that house. And it becomes a home. Christian belief is about coming home to God. God is our home and God coming to be home with us. Belief is about trust, and we trust God. If it were just about information, then we might expect the creed to start, I believe that, such and such, right? I, I believe that. But instead of using the language of abstraction, the creed gives us the language of abiding, just like our passage. Not, I believe in, or not, I believe that, but I believe in, right? I believe in. And then the creed goes on to read not like a list of abstract ideas, but rather as more of a sort of personality profile. The creed as a whole is not about what we believe, but who God is. God is a father and he's mighty. Jesus is his son, and he's our Lord. And then it goes on to, to tell the narrative of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and reign. And finally, there's the Holy Spirit and the holy community that God redeems. This is Christian faith. Right? This is belief, not abstract ideas, but a description of God and an invitation to be a part of God's community, God's story. One of the great mysteries of faith is summed up in the word trinity. A combination of, of the word tri, three, and the word unity, right? Three, unity, tri, unity, trinity. You see, Christians believe that God is one. We believe that God is one. But we know this God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we see that in the description of God throughout the creed, right? 
believe in God the Father, Jesus Christ his Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. This is how we understand God. There's one God, but we know him as Father, Son, and Spirit. And we also see it at work in the passage that, that we've read today, right? Look again at verses 23 and 24. It says, this is his, right? God the Father's commandment that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him. He abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit that he has given us. See, there is one God, but we know this God as Father, Son, and Spirit. All equal, all eternal, all worthy of our worship. One God, Father, Son, and Spirit. One of my favorite ways of trying to wrap our minds around this idea of Trinity is to describe it as a divine dance. A divine dance. This uh, illustration, this description actually goes back to at least the fourth century. And the idea is this, that for all of eternity, Father, Son, and Spirit have been joined hand in hand in a sort of divine dance. I, I want to show you a, a modern painting that kind of depicts this. Right from the creation of the world to the call of God's people, to the incarnation and resurrection, and, and ultimately the restoration of all things. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been joined in a divine dance. The three in one. And the good news of the gospel is that God's hand extends to us to join the dance. Even when we fall, even when we trip all over our feet, even when we don't know how to dance, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit extend their hands to us and say, join in, join in the dance. See, this is what it is to believe, to trust God. And to join hands with Father and Son and Spirit as part of the communion of saints on into the life everlasting. Amen. Right? And so as, as we wrap up this time, I just want to ask a few questions. How do you understand belief? Right? What, what, what is your understanding of, of the word belief? How would you define it? Religious rules? abstract ideas that, that you think about? Or is belief about relationship and trust? What does it mean to believe? One way of, of discerning what it is that, that you actually think about this is to ask the question, is your spiritual life motivated by fear or by love? Right? To live without trust is to be anxious and afraid. But to live in trust is to love 
with joy and, and wonder, to join in the story, to join in the dance? Is your spiritual life motivated by fear or by love? To believe is to trust, to love. How do you understand belief? Here's another question. How does this understanding of belief change the way that, that we might actually share our faith with others? I mean, rather than a list of things to do and not to do, things to think and, and not to think, right? Rather than being something that we sort of argue about and try to convince someone of, oh, what if sharing our faith is more like telling a story and inviting people into that story, inviting them into relationship, belonging, inviting them to join the dance, right? Rather than trying to convince people what to believe, what if we can show them who, the one who is worthy of being believed, inviting them into this dance of trusting relationship, right? This transforms the way that we share our faith. There's one more thing that, that I just want to share. We're going to continue exploring these themes with daily readings and reflection questions. And so, you know, if you picked up one of these books uh, today at, at the building, uh, then bring it home with you. If you didn't, then grab one. If you're watching online, uh, you can come pick one up at the building, or you can order one online. We'll mail it to you. Uh, or you can even subscribe to get the daily readings and reflection questions in your email, and, and we'll just send them to you that way. Uh, you can do that all with the little button below on our, our website and the, the live stream anyways. Um, but this will be a great opportunity for us as we continue to dwell on these themes of the Apostles' Creed every day. There's a reading from Scripture, and then a few prompting reflection questions to bring us not just to, to what we believe, to you know, reading about, but to really being with the one in whom we believe. Not reading about, but being with God. Uh, that's what those reflection questions are for. And each week, uh, there's usually a passages from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Every Wednesday, there's a psalm that we can read and, and rest in. So I want to encourage you to get, get one of these books or, or get it online. Uh, this is going to be a way that, that we dive into this for the next 90 days. I look forward to journeying in this together as we explore the faith. May this time be one of renewal and deepening of our faith. May it be a time of learning to share our faith with others. And in all of this, may we be a people who believe and trust. Amen.